Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart. We praise the Lord. I'm Pastor Michael Jakes, and welcome once again to the Line by Line podcast, known by many as the Monday Night Bible Study. We're here once again with a Bible study for your soul. Amen. We are streaming right now live over Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker.com, and welcome back Twitter, and welcome aboard Instagram. Amen. We are here on Instagram for the first time with our podcast, and we pray uh, that these times together will be a rewarding experience. <laughs> we pray that you will be able to join us as we go into the Word of God on this Monday night study, one verse at a time. Amen. And uh, we pray that you will uh, find this time in the Word of God fruitful. Amen. Uh, we are a ministry dedicated to uh, the propagation and proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we're all about. Amen. And so we want to make sure that the good news of Jesus Christ gets to as many people as possible. If you're watching over Facebook, you can help us doing this by simply sharing out this page and others also uh, may be blessed. If you're watching on any other, uh, any other social media platform, you can tell others about uh, this particular little ministry and um, we'll be grateful for it. You can go to our YouTube channel also. And you can become a subscriber to our channel if you have not done so already. Our YouTube channel is That's the Word Ministries. Amen. And you can also go to our website if you need more information about who we are at That's the Word.org. Amen. So, having said all of that, we are about to go into our study and we'll be right back with the Word of God and a word of prayer right after this. your name today we once again thank you for who you are and what you have done for us lord we pray that as we open up your word once again lord that you will uh, hold true to your word as you always do lord and speak to us uh, through it lord we pray that you would uh, open up your word in such a way that we will never forget it lord jesus lord put myself in the background and lord let your word be magnified over and over again so lord have your way draw those who need to hear these words uh, to this place 
on the World Wide Web. Lord, have your way. Bless us together right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, amen. God bless you, Tracy T. Amen. God bless you. Amen. We are in the book of Matthew. Matthew uh, chapter number 17. And we are going to finish up chapter 17, these last few verses, and go right into uh, chapter number 18. But these last few verses in chapter number 17 uh, speak about a subject that uh, we are all familiar with. It speaks about taxes. Amen. And we will notice how Jesus goes about speaking about these taxes and what he finally does. Amen. Uh, let's start here in verse number 24. It says, And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Jerusalem, came, rather, they came, they that received tribute money were come to Capernaum, that they received tribute money came to Peter. Let me read that verse again. I read it earlier today. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? Now, tribute, another name for another way to describe this tribute was a temple tax. And a temple tax was a uh, was a particular tax uh, that was levied upon every Jewish male that was 20 years of age and older. Everyone uh, usually paid it. If you were uh, a good Jewish man, let me put it that way. If you were a good Jewish man in those days, uh, you would pay it. Some didn't pay it. Some paid it once in a lifetime, and some tried to get around it. So it wasn't something uh, that you would be penalized for if you didn't do it. But most Jewish men, 20 years of age and older, did uh, pay this tax. But there were stipulations, and we're going to get into at least one of those stipulations right here. Uh, verse number 25, he saith, Yes. Immediately Peter answers, yes. But you will note here that Jesus prevented him. In other words, he preceded him. Uh, directly following this statement, Jesus comes in. He hears this statement and he responds to it with a question. Uh, Jesus prevented him saying, what thinkest thou, Simon? What do you think, Simon? Let me, let, me, let me give you a question, Simon. Of whom do the kings of the earth Take custom or tribute these taxes that we're talking that they were talking about. Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Now what Jesus was implying and what he was actually saying was that kings did not tax their own children. Okay? Kings did not tax their own children. And Peter responds, he says in verse number 26, of strangers of strangers, not of their own children, kings of this earth. And he says, then are the children free, Jesus says. In other words, the children of the king are free from paying the tax. And now Jesus is making this connection. He's making this connection. Here's what Jesus is saying here. God bless you, Kathleen. God bless you, my brother, Mahari. Uh, what Jesus is saying here, he's saying that because he was the son of his father, who is the king, <laughs> because he was the son of his father, he was, not, he was not liable to pay the temple tax. Also, rabbis and priests were also exempt from paying this particular temple tax, this tribute money. Uh, so once again, uh, Jesus did not have to pay 
this tax. Let me let me put it this way. This particular tax. I'm not telling. Please do not go away from here saying that I heard a brother say that Christians don't have to pay their taxes because that is not what I am saying. And that's not what I'm even trying to imply. This particular temple tax, Jesus was exempt from. Amen. And even the disciples themselves, the disciples themselves were children. They were children of their father, which was in heaven. And so technically they were also exempt. But here's what Jesus does. Peter saith unto him of strangers, Jesus says the children are free. Verse number 27. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. And let's stop right there. That word offend, that word offend is a Greek word. And it's a Greek word that you will recognize when I say it. It's the word scandalizo. And that word scandalizo is the word where we get our English scandal. And so in order to prevent any scandal, any problem, any, any difficulty, here's what Jesus says. Go out to the sea, cast and hook, and take up the fish that first comes up. Direct uh, directions, okay? Take up the fish from the first that comes up. Not the second fish, not the third fish. If you want the miracle, you have to do exactly what he says. He says, take up the fish that first comes up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, he says, thou shalt find a piece of money. <laughs> and he says, that take and give it and give unto them for me and for thee. In order, let's squash this, amen, let's squash this and let's not cause any controversy. No, uh, I am, no, I am not, I don't have to pay this tax, but listen, let's pay this tax. Let's go above and beyond, in other words, let, let's pay this tax and to cause, to stop any difficulty or any problems because they're looking for something to hang us on anyway. That's not Jesus' words, but that's the mentality. They, they want something to, to, to trip us up on. So let's just pay this tax and be done with it. Jesus was above 30 years old. He was above the 20 years old that every Jewish male should pay. And so Jesus goes ahead. And the implication is that this is something that Jesus did, that he paid this tax uh, at all times. Okay? Uh, he wasn't trying to get around the law. Jesus kept the law perfectly. Remember that. Jesus kept the law perfectly. The only one to ever do so. He kept the law perfectly. And so, once again, Jesus paid the tax to prevent any scandal, any problem, any situation from arising from those who said, your master doesn't pay the tax. Yes, Jesus did pay the taxes. Yes, he did. Amen. God bless you, uh, Tracy T. God bless you, Adrian. Amen. Now, let's go. Now, we're going to go into chapter number 18. Amen. <laughs> Tracy T. <laughs> yes, peace of money is that phrase. Peace of money is is biblical. Amen. Peace of money. Verse chapter number eighteen. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, "Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven?" Now the disciples come and they ask him this question, talking about who is the greatest. Now, the indication is, and Jesus is going to make that indication because he knows what is in man. 
Jesus Christ knows what is in the heart and the minds. He knows what's going on up here and in here. And he's going. he knows immediately what's, what's going on with this particular question. Uh, and he takes a child. Verse number two. Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. Using, this, using the child sim simply as an, an example. Using use the child simply as an example. Amen? Amen. God bless you, my brother Mark. Just using the child as 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 uh, as a, an illustration, verse number three, and said, "Verily I say unto you," he's talking to his disciples, "Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven." Now that's that, that's very simple, and it's very familiar, but it's also very powerful what he says here he says except you be converted that word converted means simply turn around turn around turn around it's a similar it's a similar word to repent we know that repent means to change your mind it, it's similar but they're two different words with two different meanings but the idea here is to turn around to twist to turn around to turn yourself and he says here except you be converted he says, and become as little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. The implication here is what Jesus is talking about in, in verse number four. He's going to tell them exactly what he means by this statement. Whosoever therefore shall humble, humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Humble yourself as a little child. Anyone, anyone who has ever come into the kingdom, meaning anyone who has ever been saved, you and me, we had to be, we had to become as little children. In other words, we had to humble ourselves. You say, how so? How do we have to humble ourselves? We had to admit that we were sinners. The Holy Ghost comes and he brings conviction on our hearts, not condemnation. The Holy Ghost comes and he brings conviction. And we come to the realization because of uh, the work and operation of the Holy Spirit. He makes us aware of our sin. And when we are made aware of our own sinfulness, there is a humbleness that comes. Yes, Lord, you are right. And that's when confession takes place. To confess means to say the same thing. And we say the same thing that God says about us, that we are sinners. I'm talking about before salvation, that we are sinners. And we come to an agreement, quote, an agreement with him, spiritually speaking, yes, I am a sinner. And once this happens, then the salvation transaction takes place. Once again, it's by the cross, it's through the cross, and because of the cross that we are saving. All of this, all of this happens repentance, confession, it, it, it all happens very quickly. The, the, the process happens very quickly uh, within the hearts and lives of individuals who are saved. One moment, they are in the kingdom of darkness, and the next moment, when faith arises, when faith comes, and we realize that it's because of Christ that we have life, the salvation, it comes. It comes. I can remember my own when I was born again uh, years and years ago when I was a teenager. That's that's 
about 100 years ago. But when I was a teenager, when I got saved, the, the process, Satan was, obviously, I didn't know it then, but Satan was fighting against me getting saved, obviously. And I just prayed and I, and I said, Lord, I, I remember I went up to the altar, first one at the altar that particular night. Avoiding all the people that were all my friends behind me telling me to come. And we used to sit back and laugh. And I went up to the front and I just said, help me. Help me, God. I didn't say, help me, Jesus. I didn't say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I didn't say anything spectacular. I didn't know all of that. I just said, help me, God. Help me, God. That, that's all I understood. Help me and I, God. Help me, God. That's all I knew. That's all I understood to say. And I kept saying it and saying it and saying it over and over again. And all, I, I, could, I could sense darkness. Looking back, I can still, I'm still in that moment. I can still see that moment. As I was began to, 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 to pound on the altar, help me God, help me God, help me God. I, 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 did, I didn't know what else to say. I didn't know what else to say. Because I had fought against this message of the gospel for so long as a teenager, as a teenager. Fought against it. Heard the gospel for the first time at about age 12 or 13, and it I was not, quote, impressed. I, it, I mean, hey, I came to the church all for the wrong reasons anyway, but when I got there and heard this, there was something. But I put it off, but I kept coming. I kept coming. And then I heard uh, Romans 6.23. And when I heard Romans 6.23, I don't know. That verse, it, the Holy Spirit had that verse make that impression on me. Make that impression. And a year, at least a year passes. But what I'm trying to say is that as I was praying, calling out to God in the only way I knew how, he heard me. He heard that prayer. That was my that was my prayer. My youth leader, I was in the youth group, but I wasn't saved. My youth leader uh, touched me on the shoulder and he picked me up. I guess he saw that I was down there struggling for... I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, half. I don't know how long it was, but he, he touched me on my shoulder. He lifted me up. And who knows, I may have already been saved. I don't know. But when he embraced me, when my youth leader em embraced me and put his arms around me, something just broke. That's how we call it. That's the way I understood it. Something just in me broke. And, and probably that was the moment of my salvation. That was the moment that the Holy Spirit just came in and I became born again and I was and I was saved at that moment and I knew it I knew that something happened I knew that something had happened to me but of course I couldn't explain it and the next morning when I woke up in the morning and there's only one other person I've ever heard make this statement and when I heard him make this statement a few years ago on television I leaped for, I leaked I leaked and this was just a few years ago brother Carl Brown he said on TV that when he got saved he said, the grass was greener, the sky was bluer. I had never heard anybody say that except myself. And that was my experience. When I got saved, I woke up in the morning in the same bed, in front of the same window. But when I looked outside, I saw the, the greenest green, the bluest blue. It was the, I, I've never seen outside look so fresh and bright and that was because of the spiritual change that had taken place in me. I was, as scripture says, I was, I was converted. I, I was turned around. I was brand new. He who is in Christ 
Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. New. And, and I was born again. I was brand new. And that's what happens to every single person. Every single person that puts their hope and trust in the cross of Jesus Christ. He saves. He delivers. He sets free. That's what he does. And there is a humility that takes place in the heart of that individual that becomes born again. Verse number five, and whoso shall receive one such little one in my name, he says, receives me in his name, receives him. Verse number six, but whoso, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Now, when Jesus talks about these little ones that believe in me, you can make the connection that he's still talking about little children, but he is talking about those little ones, we, you and I, who believe in him. Once again, you can make the connection that he's talking about children, little children in particular. Yes, little children. Yeah, he's talking about believers believers and if someone offends i believe it's the same word that scandalizes causes trouble problems okay it would be better for that person if they were uh, uh a millstone were hanged about his neck and and drowned in the depth of the sea it is not a good thing to disturb uh to to hurt to offend uh, a child of God. We see this statement from the Old Testament uh, that uh, that we find in the Old Testament. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but there's a statement that says, touch not mine anointed. And it was for that situation at that time. But once again, don't touch the Lord's anointed. Be very careful what you do, how you deal with God's people. Amen. Verse number seven, woe unto the world. Because of offenses. Offenses will come because we live in a fallen world. There are going to come those times when things, bad things happen to God's people. Okay? It's it's natural. It's, it's normal. It's not right. It's not good. But bad things do happen. But here's what it says. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom... The offense come. It's really a basic retelling of verse number six. He just says it in another way. Don't touch God's people. Leave God's people alone. Do not disturb them. In other words, do not cause them trouble. And understand what I mean by trouble. Uh, don't, uh, I'm talking about violence and I'm talking about uh, things that of, of that nature that would affect the life of a believer. He says, don't do it. Woe unto that man that causes the offenses to come. Wherefore, because of this, he says, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast it from thee. Of course, Jesus is not speaking literally. No, whatever, it, it, whatever is offending an individual, whatever offends, you have to do away with that which is bringing offense. If whatever is causing you to sin is present, you must delete that thing. 
that is causing you to sin. You must be rid of that thing that is causing you to sin. It says it would be better for you to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands and two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Deal with sin in your life. Deal with sin in your life. How do we deal with sin in our lives? We deal with sin in our lives via the cross, through the cross of Jesus Christ. That is how we deal with sin in our lives. Some people say, just go and, and pray some more. Nothing. Prayer is never going to hurt you. Reading your Bible is never going to hurt you. Never, 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 never. But once again, when you begin to pray and when you begin to read your word and when you begin to attend church, some people say, I'm just going to attend church more. I, I had somebody come to me who was not a Christian many years ago, was not a Christian, but they wanted to get close to God, wanted to get close to God, knew the way to God, Jesus Christ. But they came to me and asked me this question. It sounds silly, but this is the mentality. This is the mindset that all of us can get into. He said, do I have a movie about Jesus? I think if I watch the movie, it will make me feel closer to God. No, I told him, no, that's, no, I don't. That's, that's not the way to get close to God. That's not the way, to, the way to find peace with God, by watching a movie about Jesus. No, no, no. The only way to God is through the cross of Jesus Christ. That is the only way that we find our way to the forgiveness that we need. That, that, that's it. It's only by the cross. And the way that we deal with sin is through the cross. Whether you're outside of Christ, you have to come to the cross. If you are in Christ, you have to come to the cross. The same way that we came into Christ is the same way that we live for Christ, is the same way that we stay in Christ. It is by the cross and through the cross of Jesus Christ. That is it. That is it. And so he says here in verse number 9, If thine eye offend thee, pluck it out, cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Same thing as the previous verse. Once again, deal with sin in your life. Deal with what causes you to sin. The way you deal with sin is not to, not to dwell on the sin. The way you deal with sin in your life is to dwell on the cross. Know who you are in Christ. Understand your identity. Understand what Christ has done for you. No, you don't have to be that way. You don't have to go there. You don't have to do that. Remember who you are in Christ. Remember what the cross has done for you. Amen. You don't have to go down those roads, whatever those roads are. You don't have to go down those roads. It is by the cross, through the cross. In the cross, that old song, I'm old school all the way, that old song, in the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. It's in the cross. That's where everything is, by and through the cross. Verse number 10, take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. Once again, he's talking about uh, 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 believers in general, he's going to get into 
He's going to carry this uh, further in the next few verses here. Uh, but he says, be careful that you don't spurn, uh, mistreat, or belittle one another. Okay? There's a way that you and I, as God's people, should behave toward one another. We are brothers and sisters in the Lord. But things do happen. Unfortunate, but things do happen between believers. There are problems that arise from whatever situation, but things happen. And Jesus is going to, in the next several verses, he's going to uh, uh, tell us what needs to be done about the problems that may arise between brothers and sisters in Christ. He says in verse number 10, to, to finish the verse, uh, Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father in heaven. This seems to indicate, and I will only say it seems to indicate, because I don't believe there's a way that we can know for sure based on this verse, uh, but it seems to indicate that each and every believer has an angel. It, it seems to indicate that. Some say it's just talking about uh, in general. It says they're angels. In other words, that angels uh, angels are ministers, uh, ministers of, of um, ministering spirits. Uh, and that applies to every single believer, that angels watch over believers in general. That's one way uh, that, that is interpreted. But once again, the other way is that each and every individual child of God has their own angel. Yes, no. I mean, your, I don't want to say your guess, but once again, how this verse is written and how we understand it, it seems to be saying that. Amen. You and I, I remember once uh, after work years ago, uh, I had come out, and this was my own foolishness. I'd come out uh, of a store in the city in Manhattan. I live in Manhattan. I live in New York, New York. And uh, I was coming out of this uh, store in Manhattan after work, looking at what I had just purchased. Leave it in the bag. Leave what you bought in the bag, and you want to look at it later, but you don't look at it while you're standing on a corner in the middle of Manhattan, rush hour, and cars are zipping by. And me, without thinking, I'm looking at this, this, this what was it? It was a CD. It, was, it might have been a Christian CD or something. Anyway, I was looking at it, and I stepped out in the street, and I looked, and when I looked, a car was upon me. And I stepped back, I stepped back once, and the car just went right across, right across and missed me. And I said, wow. And I stepped out again, and twice in a second, I could have been dead. What am I saying? I believe, and this is this was many, many years ago now, I believe that there was an angel between me <laughs> and those two cars that stopped me from getting killed. But who knows? Amen? But God watches over his children. Amen? And angels are ministering spirits. They serve God's people. Verse number 11. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost that is a picture of every single one of us lost before christ that is a picture that word lost describes the state of the entire world outside of christ 
lost. And here's where the, once again, the humility comes in. No one wants to admit that they're lost. I'm not lost. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what I want to do. I'm the, I, I'm the keeper of my own castle. I'm riding my own ship. I know what I'm doing. That, that's, that's the line from the world. Very self-sufficient. Not realizing, once again, that Satan, the God of this world, has blinded their minds that they should not see the glorious gospel. They are lost. The world is lost and they don't even know it. They don't even know it. That's where evangelism comes in. That's where the people of God need to step up and step out and say, Jesus is the answer. And you don't know. Your word to someone, you don't know how it's going to affect their heart. You don't know how it's going to affect their life. I remember years ago, uh, years ago, I was out on the street. We were preaching. Uh, I was standing by. I was handing out tracts. But my pastor began to preach at that time. And one guy came up at the at the altar call. Guy came up dressed in black. He had chains around his neck. He had chains coming out of his pocket. He had a cigarette in his mouth. And he was a he was a a mess. A mess. But at the sound of the name of Jesus, that man bound by sin in every kind of way imaginable, most likely. He stood there at that altar and we had an opportunity to pray for that man right in the street as he dropped the chains. He took the chain off his neck. He took the cigarettes out of his pocket, dropped them all down as we prayed for him. You see, that, that's what the gospel can do. You don't know you don't know where people are in their hearts and in their lives. You just don't know. That's why we must be ministers of reconciliation. He has given us the word of reconciliation be reconciled to god and the only way that people can be reconciled to god is through the cross of jesus christ that is why we must preach and teach jesus christ and him crucified that's why that's what we must do amen as god's people amen he goes on jesus goes on here uh in verse number 12 Verse number 12, he says, How think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seeketh that which is gone astray? Once again, the priority. That one, that lost one, that is gone astray. That is the mentality that we are to have as God's people. There are many lost out there in the world. What are we doing to bring them in? Some people, many people, will not go. This is the whole idea. This is the whole idea behind going out on the street. This is the whole idea behind street meetings. This is, this is the whole idea is because some people won't venture into a church. Some people won't step into a church building. And so what do we do? What do people do? We bring the church to the people. You're not going to come in. So here we are. Here we are. Where two or three 
are gathered in my name. I'm getting ahead of myself because that's that's further down in this chapter. Where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. All you need is two or three people and you got church. Two or three people, that's it, of the same mind. Two or three people. You don't need a large congregation. That's what we have. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. But two or three, where two or three are gathered in my name, he is there. He is there. I tell folk all the time, you don't need a church building. Once again, that's the norm, and that's that's what we do. There's nothing wrong with that. But you could have church under a tree. You could have church in a park. You could have church, and you could have church two or three here in here in New York. Uh, many times it, it's it's not seen that much now because of the times that we're living in. Uh, but there was a day where you could get off of the train and find people preaching right there. Uh, if not on the subway train, uh, right there on the platform, right there on the platform of the uh, of the of the subway. You have one person and you have people that were with him. You have people in Times Square uh, handing out tracts. And you have those people that are with them. Uh, I've been out there at Times Square. I've been out there on 34th Street where Herald Square, Macy's is, handing out tracts. People are passing by and some people take the track and some people take it nicely and then you can see them throw it away. That's not, don't worry about that. You don't worry about that. You, 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 you hand it, you offer it. And people take it and you don't know what's going to happen with that track. You don't know what's going to happen. I had a... I had a, a thing that I would do years ago. Years ago, I remember. I don't, I don't ride the subways anymore. But years ago, I would take my track. I would carry a pack of tracks with me. And just when I get up, just leave the track on the seat as I left. Just just leave it on the seat. How many times did the person that I'm sitting next to on the subway say, hey, you dropped something? I said, no, 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 you can have it. You know, I just leave it there. <laughs> just leave it there. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to pick up that track. How many times have I been walking through a subway car and see a track laying on the floor or a track laying on the seat? Somebody put that there intentionally or somebody read it and just left it there. Just leave it. Just leave it. Once again, we are to go to those who are lost. And that is the majority of the world. He says here, I'm in verse number 12 of Matthew 18. If a man found a hundred, um, verse number 13, I'm sorry. And if so be that he find it, Verily I say unto you, he rejoices more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. You see, once again, priority, priority. I think of Jesus uh, on the day where he was, where he was uh, crowned king, when he came into Jerusalem on the foal of a donkey. And, and we read that he goes out and he looks out over Jerusalem and he begins to cry. Jesus begins to cry over Jerusalem because he says he would have taken Jerusalem. He would have taken them to himself. But what he was saying is they rejected him. They rejected who he is and what he came to do. They rejected him completely. He wanted to take them into himself. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. We are to, in like manner, we are to, we are to have compassion on those who are lost. They are the priority. Those who are lost are the priority. And it's through the cross that they they can be brought into Christ. Amen. God bless you, Cairo Saul. God bless you. If I didn't say God bless you to Donna, God bless you, Donna. 
Verse number 14, even so it is not the will of your father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish, should perish, suffer spiritual entanglements, perish, come to destruction. It's not God's will. It's not God's will. Now, when we talk about, when we talk about church discipline, the purpose of church discipline, and that's what these next few verses are going to be talking about, more or less. When we talk about church discipline, church discipline, the goal of church discipline is restoration. Restoration. That, that, that's the goal of disciplining those who step outside of the word of God. Amen. Here's what it says, what Jesus says in verse number 15. How do you deal with the trespassing brother? And I'm sure a, a believer in general. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, it says, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If, I sh if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Once again, this is a brother who has offended. This is a brother who has offended or trespassed or stepped over the line in his relationship with you. I don't know how he has done that. I don't know if it's, it's I don't know if he has sinned against you uh, immorally. Uh, I don't know how he has done it, but it, the Bible doesn't really say here, but he has sinned against you. You take him to the side and you deal with it initially privately. Now there are some a few other verses uh, that speak about church discipline. And I, wa I wanted to get these in before we close out tonight. And it, it all, once again, it runs the gamut of church discipline. I want to uh, take you first uh, to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. And I, won't, I don't want to read the whole thing, but once again, the context is church discipline. It says, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. So there was sin in the Corinthian church. This was a trespass. This was a, this was an immoral sin that Paul says is not even spoken of by those who are unsaved people. He says unsaved people don't even do stuff like this. But it's happening here in the church. And he says, you are puffed up and have not rather mourned and he that had done this deed might be that he that has done this deed might be taken away from you. Now, here's what he says in verse number four. Here's what you do. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together and my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now, that extends from what we're about to read here. That should be done. God bless you, Edie. Uh, that should be done as we read on that particular stipulation, that particular step, deliver them to Satan is what takes place. Here, let me read verse number 16. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. I came to you privately. Now I'm coming to you with these individuals, 
And I'm going to make my request that we deal with this situation right now. And I have witnesses here. Okay? And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. Mm. Tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, here it is. Let him be unto thee as a heathen man or a publican. And I believe that is where you fit in what we just read in the book of First uh, Corinthians. Uh, to deliver such a one uh, unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh. In other words, let Satan deal with that individual. Let Satan do what he does to people in such situations. Amen. And the prayer is, the prayer is that they will come back to the Lord. That's the prayer. You don't say, hear devil, have him, kill him, send him away. No, no, no. Your prayer, that should not be uh, the prayer. Let me bring you to Galatians chapter number six. Galatians chapter number six. Here's how we deal with a brother who has uh, sinned or has deviated. Here's what it says. Uh, Galatians 6 and verse number 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, that is a, a, a deviation from what is normal, does something out of character that you don't expect, ye which are spiritual, those who know the ways of the cross, those who know who Jesus is and what he has done, Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Gentleness, humility, that's the way we deal with a sinning brother. Taking all of these things that we've already read into account, delivering them unto Satan. But once again, don't say, you know, okay, Satan, take them away. No, no, no. no. You deal with them gently, gently and with humility. Too many times I've seen people... Uh, get disciplined by churches and get thrown out of the church. Uh, the church won't have anything to do with them anymore in the sense that act like they're dead, you know, treat them really bad. You know, I've seen, I've seen all of this take place over my years. And I don't believe that that's the way that we should treat a sinning brother or sister. Just treat them like they, you know, are garbage. No, that's not the right way. That's not the right way. Even when we talk about if they are rebellious and say no, no, there's a way once again that we have to comport ourselves. Let me close it out. Let me close it out uh, with verse number 18. Uh, verse 18 and 19. Let me close it out. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven heaven. Now that's usually people use that verse uh, most times uh, to talk about prayer, but, and that will, it can apply to that most definitely. But once again, this is spoken in context with the sinning brother, in context with uh, the two, uh, with the individuals that have a disagreement. In other words, how you deal with a sinning brother, biblically, biblically, how you deal with a sinning brother or sister uh, is what has already been uh, uh, ratified or approved in heaven, biblically, biblically, understand that. There is a right way to deal with sin in the church and a wrong way to deal with sin in the church. If you deal with sin in the church 
biblically, then God obviously approves if you do it the Bible way. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Also, speaking about this situation between these two parties, a person and the church, or a person and another person, ah, but the wider context also, it is also, it also can definitely be applied to prayer itself. To prayer itself. Verse number 20, let me close with uh, verse number 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Where two or three are gathered in the midst of them. I'm there. I'm there. And we must always remember that. He is always with us. He is always with us at all times. Where two or three are gathered in my name. And every time I, when I read that, I think along terms of evangelism. I know that may not be the immediate context. That may not be the immediate context. Listen, I've, I've preached before, I've preached before an audience of one. I've preached before an audience of two. I've preached before an audience of three. I've preached before audiences of hundreds. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Where two or three are gathered in my name, he's there. He is there. He does not go against his word. If we are there in his name, and most importantly, if we are in his name, and when we talk about his name, we're talking about the cross. If we're in his name, talking about the cross, who he is and what he has done, he's there in the midst. Amen. He is always there. And so we honor him and we bless him and we thank him for who he is and what he has done on our behalf. We believe that he's going to do more uh, as we continue to serve him uh, faithfully. Amen. I want to close in a word of prayer. I know that there's verse number 21 and verse number 22 there staring me in my face, but I'm going to close right there and God willing, we'll pick it up uh, again next week. Next week, we are going to pick up right in verse number 21 and we'll uh, finish off this chapter. Amen. But I want to pray. Uh, I want to ask the Lord to just be with us. Lord, we bless your name right now. Lord, we thank you for those who have, who have come to listen to your word, Lord Jesus, not me for sure. But Lord, I pray that your word might have an impact, Lord, as we have uh, brought about and spoken about you, spoken about the cross. Uh, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would cause hearts to open up. Lord, I pray that you would cause those who may be unsaved among us, uh, Lord, that they may uh, come to know who you are and what you have done. Uh, Lord, we pray that we might continue to bless you, and, and, and I pray that you will continue to keep us in the hollow of your hand. Lord, have your way. Bless us together. Lord, I pray for each and every one under the sound of your word right now. Lord, I pray that you will touch them, keep them, hold them. And Lord, keep our faith securely in you and what you have done, your finished work. Lord, we bless you. We praise you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Amen. God is so good. I want to, I want to just say hi once again, to those of you who have chosen to be with us for these few minutes, amen. Once again, God bless you, Donna.
God bless you, Edie. By the way, Edie is my wife. Amen. <laughs> uh, God bless you, Edie. Tracy T, my brother Mark. Amen. Uh, God bless you, Kathleen. Uh, God bless you, my brother Mahari. Uh, and God bless you all. Amen. God bless you all. I just want to, uh, I just praise the Lord. Uh, amen. I just praise the Lord for giving us the opportunity to open up his word. Amen. On these Monday nights, this is the, this is the Monday night. This is the Monday night Bible study. Amen. Also known uh, as the line by line podcast. Amen. Uh, we come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to hear his word. Amen. Not our own. We come to hear his word and his word alone. Amen. So we just honor him and praise him. As always, as always, we want to invite you to join us throughout the week. Uh, we are here four days out of the week. We're here on Sunday mornings. Uh, lately, it's been on Sunday afternoons, but that's fine. We're here on Sundays. Uh, we're here on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Amen. On tomorrow night, we have a, a topic Another hot topic, and our topic uh, this coming Monday night uh, is getting the stuff out of the way. Getting the stuff out of the way. And we're going to be talking about uh, coming to grips, simply coming to grips with the things that keep us from drawing close to God. If you're honest, if you're honest, you know that there are times in, 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 in your life where you, you are not as close as you should be. You feel that there's a, a distance, as a a little valley that's beginning to open up between you and the Lord. And simply we're going to be talking about uh, dealing with those things uh, that tend to keep us from God's presence. That's coming up uh, tomorrow night right here on uh, the Bible Speaks Live. Amen. And on Wednesday night, Wednesday night, uh, the Cutting It Right Bible study, uh, first principles of the Christian life, uh, we're going to conclude we're going to conclude our lessons on uh, heaven. We talked about hell and the uh, reality of the lake of fire uh, for two weeks. And this is our third week coming up this Wednesday night. We're going to be talking about heaven, closing it all out. For as best as we can understand heaven, uh, we're going to lay it all out before you and talk about uh, the end times as it pertains to the child of God. Amen. And so join us Wednesday night. Tomorrow night is at 8 o'clock. And Wednesday night is also at 8 o'clock. You can join us if you can. Amen. And also on Sunday morning, we've just begun a brand new series entitled Just More of Him. It's a little four-part series, and it's all about focusing on the relentless pursuit of God. Amen. It, it does, in a sense, tie in with what we're going to be talking about tomorrow night. Uh, but uh, just more of Him. Isn't that what you want? Don't you just want more? of who Jesus is. Amen. We're going to be talking about that for the next four Sundays. Amen. And I pray that you're able uh, to join us. Amen. If you don't know it by now, we have written a book and that book is entitled, uh, the lights in the windows. That's our first book. And our second book is right here. It's called churchified or sanctified, and it's exploring the dangers of religion and the glory of relationship. This book and it's other, the other book, the lights in the windows, they're both available on amazon.com amen so i pray that you'll get your copy and i'm sure that it will be a blessing to your heart and to your life amen if you'd like to listen to what we do here to our podcast we have bible studies we have devotions we have sermons uh lessons uh on various parts of the bible and doctrine uh you can follow us on any one of these podcast platforms spreaker.com is our main podcast platform 
where we have all of our podcasts, and you can go there and you can follow us there. Uh, once again, uh, the Lord, we have been here for quite a few years, and, and the Lord has allowed us to be able to produce several other uh, podcasts along the way. So you can you can find those on Spreaker.com if you like to download to your smart device. Amen. You can also go to our website, uh, which is that's the word.org. And you can also go to our YouTube channel, which is That's The Word Ministries, and you can become a subscriber to our channel. Amen. I also write for Bible Study Tools and Crosswalk.com. If you'd like to read uh, some things um, that will draw you closer to the Lord, uh, then you can uh, go to Bible Study Tools and type in my name, and it'll bring you a list of the different articles that we have written. Amen. And so we just bless the Lord and we thank him for who he is and what he has done. We honor him and we bless him. And once again, I want to thank each and every one of you for being with us tonight. Amen. It's been a fruitful time. We believe in the Lord and we pray that you'll continue to be with us throughout the week. Amen. If you're able, if you don't watch us live, you can catch the replay at any time. Amen. So I am Michael Jakes and I want to thank you for being with us and we will see you hopefully tomorrow night. Same time, same place. Have a good night. God bless you. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart.